0: Welcome back to another episode of Brick House. I'm your host, Bob Johnson. And I'm
1: Matt Baker.
0: Last week we had our beta launch, and we're now back on the Almighty Baller Station on Dash Radio. If you're a fan of NBA basketball discussions, the Almighty Baller Station on Dash is the answer to all of your prayers. Yes. Whatever you like, be it daily fantasy, draft prospects, the L.A. Lakers, the Charlotte Hornets, they've got a program for you. They do. I've been playing the station all day at work. My coworkers now know more about Nikola Jokic, the best 5-man DFS starting lineups, Phil Jackson, James Dolan, more than they ever thought they ever wanted to know.
1: More than maybe they ever Yeah, <laughs> they just you show up to work, you think you're going to work, and you get Phil Jackson all day.
0: <laughs> it's productive. Brickhouse covers the entire NBA, but not really in any sort of on-the-court analytical way that that you'd appreciate anyway. We're not
1: smart enough, Bob
0: that's what hubie brown is for yeah to drool over the way a pair of teammates execute a pick and roll uh-huh. i appreciate it i don't know if i could really explain it to you in an interesting way sure Brickhouse is here to point out things like the comment i once read that hubie brown never saw a timeout call that he didn't love <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ever since i heard that whatever i'm watching a hubie brown game check it out make sure the volume's on next time hubie brown is announcing any timeout call, great timeout. He's like, I love that timeout call right there. You know, they stop the momentum or the other team's gaining momentum. No matter what, great call. He loves it.
1: He's sticking up for his fellow coaches. He knows how hard <laughs> it is to call those timeouts. Bob.
0: <laughs> That's kind of the parameters for what Brickhouse is about. Me and uh, Matt Baker have been doing this for a couple of years now. We're happy to be on Dash Radio. If you want to contact us, you can tweet us at Brickhouse Pod. Or contact us through our website, BrickHousePodcast.com. Find all the network shows on AlmightyBaller.com. And tune in right here to Dash Radio Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And a rerun of the show, 6.30 p.m., also Pacific.
1: Bob, just a quick follow-up. I googled Hubie Brown and timeouts. Uh And there's an article that says, discover how Hubie Brown
0: conducts timeouts.
1: With a link to a YouTube video of Hubie Brown
0: oh, explaining yeah. timeouts, he like teaches a business seminar about how to call and, and yeah, execute is, a timeout. He is
1: sitting in a chair because he would be sitting in a chair on the bench, so
0: he'll break it down for you. Yeah, we'll make fun of it. Yeah, this week's pod, we're gonna catch listeners up on the NBA playoffs. If you haven't been paying attention, we uh, we got some comparisons for you. Sort of just give you a. Uh, you know, the highlights, a brief understanding of, of where all the series lie right now. You see, I'm a I'm an NBA proselytizer. Sure. So anywhere I go, I like to watch NBA basketball, especially during playoff time. I like to talk about it. But if I'm around people that don't know or like or care at all about sports, right. I have to find different ways to talk about it to maybe make it interesting to them. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. let's go through these series um, I'll give you an example I think that the Clippers Jazz series yeah. so far has reminded me of the Hunger Games okay. just every game I'm waiting for another round of the fireworks and bugles to play to signal that another tribute has died <laughs> you know? yeah. the other morning I woke up and was browsing the internet let out a scream you know, yeah. my wife thought that the dog had escaped or something she's like what's what's wrong Blake Griffin hurt his toe, and he's right. out for the playoffs.
1: Classic toe, Achilles toe.
0: <laughs> I thought that the Raptors-Bucks series, yeah, could be described as a one of those reoccurring nightmares. You know, the ones where like you get up on stage to give a speech or like play a guitar solo, but you have no idea what you're talking about or how the solo goes. You know. <laughs> yeah. Or if you show up for class, you know, for a test that mm-hmm. you've completely forgot about. That's how the Raptors have looked in uh, half of these games against the Bucks. Sure, they forgot that they're NBA basketball players.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's actually goes kind of with mine. When I think about this series, I think about the movie "What's Eating Gilbert Grape." Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, and the Bucks are DiCaprio, and the Raptors are Johnny Depp, uh-huh. <laughs> because maybe you know. In that At that time, Johnny Depp, he was the star, and you weren't going to outstar Johnny Depp. No. But if you're putting money on the future, you're going with DiCaprio and the Bucks <laughs> because they may not win this series, but in the long term, I think they're in better shape. And the reason I say it fits in is because you said the Raptors are kind of, they look like they don't know where they are, and they're yeah. kind of wandering around. Johnny Depp kind of does that most <laughs> of the time in general, so it kind of fits in nicely. So yeah, I say put... Put your money on the Milwaukee DiCaprio's, Bob. Nice. I like it.
0: How about the Grizzly Spurs series? When I think of this
1: series, I think of just a a local election, Bob. <laughs> it, everybody, we're all in for the national. We all get behind our person. We all take it personally. We're all, like, heated. Bob and I came to blows many a day over a national election. <laughs> But we're professionals, ladies and gentlemen, so it doesn't carry over. But with the Spurs-Grizzlies, it's there. And you know it has some importance. So you have, like, the Kawhi or how the Grizzlies were up. You have, you have like, an exciting game, like game
0: four. Yeah.
1: But at the end of the day, it's just a local election. Like, it's not it's not the national election like the Rockets-Thunder or the Warriors series.
0: I don't know if Pop would take kindly to being compared to, like, the incumbent Republican that just keeps on winning.
1: There's not even a challenger. (laughs) This guy's been in office for 25 years and no one even, like, puts up a fight.
0: Matt, I thought that the Cavs Pacers series, this one was easy. It reminded me of... The O'Doyle family oh, and Billy Madison. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> that is a great... O'Doyle rules. Yeah.
0: Just every opportunity, LeBron James is shoving George Hill into a locker or pouring pudding on Paul George's head. Who rules, Bob? O'Doyle or rules. Doyle rules.
1: <laughs> this reminded me of The Hobbit, the movies, Okay, because LeBron versus... The Pacers, when he was on the heat, that was like the Lord of the Rings. You know, the bat they were battling it out. They were blowing in people's ears. They were <laughs> this and that. LeBron versus the Pacers this time. The Hobbit is like, is this still happening? Like, <laughs> it's mildly exciting, but in the end, Bob, it's just more Hobbits. We
0: don't need a six-part movie yeah. for a 150-page yeah. book.
1: And we're still going to watch. The point is, The Hobbit, everyone's still watched.
0: I thought the Warriors Blazers series. The Warriors are starting to remind me of Macaulay Culkin's Richie Rich. If you're going to beat San Francisco, be sure to give Riley Curry a death stare. The Warriors are essentially a Silicon Valley rich kid. They've got everything that they could ever want in a basketball team. Sure. Steph Curry, Draymond, KD, Clay, Iguodala. The team is like having your own private roller coaster as a 12-year-old. The Blazers look like Oliver Twist next to these guys. Oh,
1: wow. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Whenever I think about the Warriors Blazers, one phrase comes to mind, Bob, and it's, then we will fight in the shade (laughs) because you have the Blazers. They're going to give you all they can. Like, they're going to take all the arrows in 300, and they're going to stand there with their... Sh- but in the end, they're just going to all die. <laughs> like, it's not going to go well for them. They're, you know, if they blot out the sun, they will fight in the shade, and then they're just going to die in the end. Wow. Dark. It, you know, sometimes real is dark, Bob.
0: <laughs> the Wizards Hawk series, I liken to the TV show The Americans. It might be good, but no one would know because only about a million people are watching. Oh, it. <laughs> Bob, I've
1: watched every episode.
0: I like it as well.
1: Yeah, it's great. This okay. Another one we're kind of similar on. I said the Hawks Wizards is like going to see your child's play. Like you might be very pumped about it because you have something, <laughs> you have something invested. But good luck getting others excited about your kids' play. Like they'll go. Like I'd go to your 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 kids' play. Um, I wouldn't be as pumped as you, but I'd go for support.
0: The Rockets Thunder series. This one, let me know what you think of this one, Matt. Mm-hmm. I liken it to the battle between socialism and oligarchy.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: So the Rockets are like socialist France where everyone gets to eat, as James Harden says. Yeah. That's his point guard style. Everyone okay. gets to eat. Sure. I could just imagine you know, Mike D'Antoni, Harden, Beverly, the whole team enjoying a wine and a three-and-a-half-day work week when they're not playing ball. Yeah. Conversely, I think of the Thunder as like Russia right after the fall of communism, yeah. right when they decide that they're going to privatize everything. KD's gone. They're looking to privatize, divvy up the wealth. Only mm-hmm. instead of oligarchs, plural, we have more oligarchs, singular. Basically, Russell Westbrook is Vladimir Putin.
1: Okay, I'm in. (laughs) When I think about this series, Bob, I think about Dave Grohl.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Because Dave Grohl, much like James Harden, in his early days was part of an iconic trio. Harden, Westbrook, Durant. But, like Dave Grohl, James Harden's follow-up could be much more successful Nice. Foo Fighters and the Rockets, and you can cut this part out if you want, but the Kurt Cobain suicide is given Enos Cantor all the money they should have gave James Harden. That's, a, <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. I would
0: never cut that back.
1: Yeah, but that, I thought Dave Grohl was a good – personally, of all mine, that was my favorite to think about.
0: You know? <laughs> that's great. Not the suicide part. I'm going to be rooting for the Foo Fighters the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, the last one, the celtics Bulls series. This reminds me of internet sensation Susan Boyle from Mm -hmm. Britain's Got Talent. This sweet middle-aged lady who looks like the foster mom from Angels in the Outfield awkwardly bumbles onto the stage with her number taped to her chest, announces she's always dreamt of performing, never has, and is going to sing I Dreamed a Dream from Les Miserables. Yeah. You think from her looks that it's going to be embarrassing, it's going to be terrible. This is what I thought about the, the Chicago Bulls going yeah. into the playoffs. Only she starts singing, it's amazing. Everyone's blown away. It couldn't be further from what anyone expected. This is how I would describe watching Fred Hoiberg win any game against Brad Stevens. I got an NBA Reddit nerd joke for you here, Matt. Oh, man. If the Cavaliers win game four of the series, Jeff Teague will have been swept by LeBron James three straight years in three different cities. That's not the that's not the joke. The joke (laughs) was the most upvoted comment on this NBA Reddit thread. Ready? Yes. He's got to be
1: fatigued with losing Uh, at this point. (laughs) And that's this week's show, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Good
0: night. You've been wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I've got another segment here. I noticed that the Atlanta Hawks, I'm calling it, they're donating tiny violins. Oh, wow. During pregame activities of Game 4, the Atlanta Hawks made a donation of musical instruments to Atlanta Music's project newly formed percussion program, providing students with instrument teaching artist classes and unique performance opportunities. I just thought that would be a good segue to thank our music producer, Brendan Eder wow. for all the cool music he uh, he makes for the show. What a guy. He and his ensemble are responsible for all the music you hear mm. on this pod, except for, like, Migos and Jay-Z or whatever plays in between the, mm. the shows. Yeah. He's a film score composer in L.A. here, and you can follow him on Twitter at Brendan underscore Eder, E-D-E-R. Matt, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie 21 Grams with uh, sean penn I Naomi so. Watts. i think so it's uh it's about sean penn gets a heart transplant you know and it, right. it helps save his life um and he wants to seek out the person whose heart it was and finds out that it was naomi watts late husband who was actually hit by benicio del toro they're all right, right yeah. they're all connected yeah. in that way festus azili of the portland trailblazers is working on the sequel to 21 Grams, in what? a way. Okay. Azeli never played in his first season with the Blazers. He had a cadaver ligament replacement surgery on his left knee on March 7th and has not been told who the donor was, but through his doctor he gave a letter to the family who can then decide whether they want to meet him. Azili is hopeful they will want to meet uh, after he gives the letter to his doctor during a follow-up appointment on May 7th. Quote, I'm actually working on my letter right now because I really do want to meet them. I have no clue who I got it from. It had to be a big person.
1: Oh, that's true. uh, His number with the blazers is 31, so you know what the movie's going to (laughs) be. 31 grams, Bob.
0: (laughs) 31 knee cartilages?
1: Yeah, I didn't know you can do that because that's what happened with me. I got a cadaver.
0: Oh, yeah? Maybe I should write a letter. Question for you here, Matt. There was a a few fines that went out this past week in the NBA playoffs. Mm -hmm. Who do you think got fined more money? (laughs) Russell Westbrook for saying he doesn't give a about the stat line after losing to the Rockets. Or Mm -hmm. Kelly Oubre for jubilantly kicking a ball into the stands. Probably Kelly that is correct. Ubre was fined $25,000 for kicking the ball after a Wizards win. He wasn't frustrated, just goofing around, versus Westbrook, who was fined $15,000 for dropping that F-bomb. You know, one glaring difference between the Oscars and the NBA's planned first-ever award show this summer, it's that the votes are secret in the Oscars, whereas for the NBA media members, we were joking that the votes were going to be leaked, you know, the, it was a mistake to have the award show two months after the votes are cast, because this information is going to come out, right? Of course, it does, because all of the people who vote for the MVP are media members who talk about who they voted for. Yeah, which it's crazy. It's crazy that when you sent
1: me this, it seemed like the most obvious thing that no one would think about doing
0: Yeah, so SB Nation has been counting all of the ballots. They know that there's 100 votes, and they've confirmed 62 first-place ballots. Just from going through different writers' articles, podcasts, they have a spreadsheet online and are even offering shout-outs to anybody who tracks down someone who they know has a vote, confirms that they have a vote, and then who they're voting for. So they're trying to figure out who is going to win. Of the 62 votes that they've so far counted, Russell Westbrook has 39 first-place votes, and Harden has 18. With their estimated missing second-place votes and confirmed points, Russell Westbrook is currently in the lead with 522 points to Harden's 456. It looks like Westbrook is going to be the winner, and we know it two months in advance. It
1: might, might change the way they do this whole... Award show. I mean, it, it's going to be the most uninspired award show.
0: <laughs> well, what if James Harden doesn't even show up? I mean, if he knows he doesn't win, what would make him go? being fined or something? That is true. It would be great if they had Curry present the MVP to Westbrook. He was, he did win last year. That's yeah. how they do it at the Oscars. Right. Oh, here's a, a segment we haven't done in a while, Matt. Who's that owner? <laughs> Yeah, there was a couple owners in the news this week. For one, Brooklyn Nets owner Mikhail Prokhorov sell it, says he's selling 49% of the Nets. You really? Hear this? Yeah. Wow. yeah, he announced his intentions to earlier in the year, but now it's, it's officially on the market, 49%. Another owner who was in the news this week is Steve Ballmer.
1: Is he going to buy 49% too?
0: <laughs> that might be a conflict of interest. Uh, What he did do was he revealed a retirement project that he's been working on for the past three years in secret. What he's been doing is he spent $10 million so far to build a website that will show what the government spends all of its tax money on. Uh, This website is in beta right now, uh, but he did do a New York Times interview finally revealing this plan. Mm -hmm. So after he retired in 2014 from as CEO of Microsoft. He didn't have anything to do. That led him to spending two billion dollars on a franchise that's cursed by a racist old man. We've all we've all alive. been there, Bob.
1: We've all been there.
0: <laughs> and he looked for another endeavor. His wife, Connie, encouraged him to start some sort of philanthropic efforts, mm-hmm. uh, to which he replied, "Come on, doesn't the government take care of the poor, the sick, and the old?" That's a good question, Bob. Classic, classic billionaire thinking. Yeah. After all, he pointed out he happily paid a lot of taxes and figured that all that tax money should create a significant social safety net. He sought to, quote, figure out what the government really does with the money. What really happens? It's a good way to end up dead in an alley, Bob. That's what I think. (laughs) It's a good way to get out of charitable efforts. Yeah. Yeah. So, on Tuesday, Mr. Bomber plans to make a public, a database, and report that he and a small army of economists, professors, and other professionals have been assembling as part of a stealth startup over the last three years called USAFacts.org. The database is perhaps the first nonpartisan effort to create a fully integrated look at revenue and spending across federal, state, and local governments. I think this is this is a legacy play. Oh, yeah. This is like... Bill Gates curing malaria or AIDS or whatever the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is working on.
1: Hey, you know, Ballmer might find that they aren't actually curing malaria. Maybe all this tax money <laughs> isn't. Yeah, so it's, it's a legacy play because he can maybe get the one up on all these people. He can be the real truth teller.
0: Yeah, he explains that when he was, when he was running Microsoft, if he really wanted to figure out what his competitors were up to, he yeah. would read their 10K which is their, you know, government-mandated SEC filing that explains every quarter what they're doing with their company, what they're investing in, what their uh, research projects are. And this is required if you're a publicly traded company. Right. So you can be transparent for all of your investors. So basically he wanted to make the equivalent of a 10K for government, showing exactly where all of the costs are going. And I... I love it. I've I checked out the website. It's amazing what you can do on there. And he encourages companies to do customized reports, you know, so that they can glean whatever sort of information they're they're looking for. Right. Um, here's a couple of uh, questions I'll quiz you see if uh, see what you okay. guess. So, Balmer was curious, how many people work for the government in the United States? Any idea how many people work for the government
1: including all state level?
0: Yep, the entire U.S. And what is there like three hundred million people in the U.S.? Yeah, uh, five hundred thousand, almost twenty-four million. Wait, what? Twenty-four million. Who would have guessed that? Right, this is what Bomber said. Yeah, and he says, okay, so people will say, oh, those damn bureaucrats. But if you look at it, it's almost half of that public guess, school teachers. Oh,
1: I see. That was those were the things I wasn't factoring in. Yep. I guess,
0: do cops count as that? Cops as well, fire department. Okay. People who work in schools, higher ed, public institutions. Yeah, I'm not
1: smart enough to factor in those, those people that do
0: so much. Also, active duty military, firefighters, government hospitals. Oh, wow, okay. Some of the other information that he uncovered, he said, quote, you know, it's not legal to know how many firearms that are in this country. The government is not allowed to collect that number. okay. There's information about how many firearms have been manufactured, how many licenses, how many inspections are done, but not a total. And the NRA is apparently lobbying in such a way that the government can't report that data. So he wants to? He wants to find unbiased information. All of the sources of all of his information are directly from the government, so he can't be accused of being partisan.
1: Sure. Oh, is it already up?
0: Yeah, it's up. Oh, the thing is up. Unfortunately, as I said, none of this helps the Clippers not be cursed by the ghost of Donald Sterling in the playoffs. Another uh, rare gem this week, Kevin Garnett gave a a rare interview to the Associated Press. (laughs) It was pretty funny. He talked about how after 21 years in the NBA, his body has just gotten into a routine Sure. and said, quote, You get sweaty at night and I'm tossing and turning. My wife is like, what the hell is wrong with you? But when you do something for so long, you start to program your body, muscle, memory, and everything comes back to you inadvertently. So at night, at home in Minnesota, Kevin Garnett is getting all sweaty, worked up, cussing out the walls. I was going to say, he's just, what is he yelling at? <laughs> he's playing basketball games physiologically without uh, actually being out on the court. Yeah. The, the interview, though, was mostly about how he's mad at the T-Wolves because Flip Saunders had plans on making him a minority owner. It was kind of a, a hush-hush deal. Yeah. But he died, and Glenn Taylor fired his good friend Sam Mitchell and brought in Coach Thibodeau. Right. All that started to change. Yeah, it remains unclear what he was promised. You know, Glenn Taylor would be breaking the rules to actually have promised him anything. Sure. And the Timberwolves have a history of... Losing draft picks for promising
1: thing teams pe- or players money. So
0: right, yeah, they did that with Joe Smith back in uh, early 2000. But yeah, he uh, he loves the playoffs. Now that the playoffs are starting, he's still consulting with the Clippers and Bucks this season, yeah. as well as killing it on Area 21. He said when he walked in the Clippers practice facility before the playoffs started, it was like being dropped in the jungle and smelling that atmosphere. And that stuff hits your chest, man. You know, it's like your body knows. That's right. All right, let's get into our Diss of the Week. It's the playoffs, so the disses have been getting more and
1: more fervent. These are the top-level disses.
0: Yo, mama is so fat! The Milwaukee Bucks used the Barney theme song to introduce the Raptors this week. Amazing. Hey, it's a dinosaur, so it's, you know... Also the the Bucks mascot posted a few signs of jokes that he made at the Raptors expense. Yeah. on online. It said Did you hear the Toronto Raptors don't have a website? They can't put 3 W's together. Oh. Oof. Or what do the Raptors and possums have in common? Both play dead at home and get killed on the road. Oh, Milwaukee man. Bucks man. mascot disses. This is the same from the same
1: team that brought the. Didn't they make the shirts when they beat the Warriors? Right, twenty
0: four and one. Yeah. Oh, another good diss of the week. You gotta love Deadspin's titles. They're they're great at a at a headline. I never thought about what the NBA does about the draft order for teams that have the same exact records. Who's the worst team? So. Yeah. This past year, the T-Wolves and Knicks both ended the season 31 and 51. So the way that they decide who has the sixth or seventh pick in the draft is they get one of their little ping-pong popcorn poppers and put three balls with T-Wolves logos into it, three balls with Knicks logos. Let them them fly. Just let them go. None of the combination of numbers in a confusing manner. It's just either the Knicks – Or the T-Wolves. Right. Well, you know what? The headline for Deadspin about this, the Knicks lose again. Oh, man. (laughs) It's almost too easy. (laughs) The T-Wolves ended up getting the sixth pick of the draft this year, if no one jumps ahead of them. Crossover report had a really funny diss on Twitter. It said, If you ever think you can't do something, remember that Zach Randolph has played 16 years in the league without once leaving the ground. Yeah. (laughs) Did you see that? Yeah, that
1: was good. I know a few years ago he was on the Dan Patrick show, and Dan Patrick said, Hey, can you do me a favor, and in your next game, can you dunk? And he said, Okay, I will, and he didn't, Bob. (laughs) He's allergic to it.
0: Really, everybody was competing for second this week on the disc of the week after Coach David Fisdale of the Memphis Grizzlies post-game tirade and yeah. the take that for data. Yeah, Fisdale, since then, I think because of the attention he got for that tirade, is really letting his personality out. All the wired inside the huddle stuff, he's gotten a lot more loose. Yeah. The day after that take that for data – quote came out Fizdale dropped this one in a post-game interview about Kawhi leonard he said quote i was standing next to him and he wasn't breathing says he's going to contact the nba and see if they allow robots (laughs) after game four he may be on to something oh that was good on the next episode of brick house we're going to be suggesting some last meals for the playoff teams facing elimination Paul George is looking to have some fresh Pacific sushi oh. from Hermosa Beach. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to Brickhouse if you're listening on Dash Radio, stay tuned for the Howl coming up next for all things Minnesota Timberwolves. Follow us on Twitter at Brickhouse Pod, send us your last meal suggestions mm-hmm. for the team's facing elimination. Thanks to Dash Radio and the Almighty Baller Radio. And remember to check out Brick House on the Almighty Baller channel of Dash Radio Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific and again at 6 p.m. If you like what you hear, please rate and review our show. And we'll catch up with you next week on the next episode of Brick House.